Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Welcome to the Curious Fox podcast. For those challenging the status quo in love, sex... And relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla, and we are back from hiatus. Ooh, we certainly are. And how are you? Do you feel rested? No. No, I do not. No, the answer is no. We took a step back from the podcast and the recording hustle to do some annual planning and to rest. And I don't think that either of us rested as much as we should have. Totally. (laughs) I know that for me, over the last few weeks, I've been managing a home renovation and moving and dealing with family health issues and leading large work projects and navigating through the aftermath of Ira and there was flooding in my home. And then, of course, just everything that's happening in the world, global displacement and shortages and and low national employment and lack of childcare and safe schooling in many areas and just this awareness of global issues Mm -hmm. the moment that they are happening, which is amazing, but also unprecedented. And so like moment by moment, there is news on the political environmental crises in in Texas, in New Orleans, in Haiti, in Afghanistan, in Syria, in Africa, Beirut, in Lebanon, and on and on and on. And the world feels like it is on fire and it is weighing on my heart. And you, Effie Blue, you you were dealing with literal fire. Literal fire, exactly. I totally feel you in everything you've said. And yeah, absolutely. I've been dealing with wildfires firsthand for the first time in my life. Uh, as some of you know, I've been building a, a co-working, co-living space down by the Mediterranean and trying out a, a quasi-rural a lifestyle with the hopes of taking a break from what feels like a world that's tearing itself apart while imploding, while burning and drowning all at the same time. And yeah, the wildfires consumed the peninsula that we are on last month. Our project almost burnt down one of the main structures, uh, an earthbag dome that we've been building by hand with sweat, blood and tears Mm almost burnt down it was was so close it was the fire was put out like five feet almost as tall as i am which is not very very tall five feet (laughs) from the main the main structure and you could afterwards we could put our backs to to the dome and look at our feet and you see the charred ground coming right up to the dome and you just realize how how close it was and we look around us and we are an island in a charred black trees all around us. And what saved mm. us was actually some what felt like frivolous decisions that we've made at the time. It was just luck, really. We just we just made some decisions on where to put things and what to flatten and and we just it looks like we just made some right decisions 
by luck and and we're saved Mm -hmm. but definitely we look around us and we just see charred black trees all around us now and it's heartbreaking it's so so heartbreaking yeah we went around the peninsula we drove around and we saw all the other the, the aftermath of the other wildfires and that was just so you know this area is so green and so lush and so fertile and you know the roads that we took for mm. for comfort and and taking a break from everything is now just like black and dark um so that's really yeah. hard to take and also because i've essentially been growing things and essentially farming for the last year i feel like I've been seeing the impact of climate change firsthand. Also, we've had crop failures this year. Things that grow in abundance like tomatoes and cucumbers and courgettes around here have all failed. Hmm. And not only our land, not not that we're just being rookie and we are being rookie, but just our neighboring farms also. People who really know what they're doing, people who have been uh, advising us on how to set up a permaculture uh, situation on our land. You know, people who really know know about farming, um, they've had crop failures. So it's not, it feels like it's a lot to do with the climate rather than just like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not being good at farming. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had earthquakes and floods and the pandemic is still going on. And yeah. anyway, this list goes on. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm pretty close to Afghanistan and Syria and Beirut and Lebanon and not only geographically, but culturally. So it's also scary to see the events unfold over there. It feels like things can go the same way in a heartbeat where I am, which, you know, I can always move, you know, it's available to me, but not available to the people around me. So that also weighs on my mind and and honestly keeps me up at night. Yeah, we have a really amazing lineup of episodes and interviews that we've planned for the fall and winter. But today it felt important to just pause and name the national and global state of affairs and the impact that it has in our own lives. And so that is our topic for today. (laughs) Love, sex and relationships during an apocalypse. During the apocalypse. Uh, Yeah. Which is what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I think it feels clear to everybody that the stress of the world is having a very real impact on our day-to-day lives, including our relationships with ourselves and other people. Absolutely. In my work, I'm seeing the impact of this stuff on my clients' um, relationships and sex lives. It feels like initially when you're having these conversations, when we're in sessions, it feels like it's about the relationship and mm. it's about, you know, the people and you dig a little deep and it used to be about the relationships and, and people. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing that it's anxiety that gets d- displaced from other places and mm. and people aren't aware, people aren't so conscious of it. So it's just easier to blame your metamor. It's just easier to <laughs> blame your partner who's, you know, late from a date. You know, I just feel like mm-hmm. some of the stuff mm-hmm. that would otherwise be not such a big deal just feels like a bigger deal these days. Like people are so away from their sense of safety and security. They're just so much easier to to activate. People are just so much easier to activate or to get triggered. Yeah, no, I think that that is true. <laughs> it's never about the dishes, right? <laughs> it's always yeah, exactly. it's something deeper that's happening. You and I, we did an exercise. because So for the behind the scenes, we have been meeting throughout the hiatus and planning and working. Mm-hmm. And this continues to be a theme for us, right? We probably spend the first hour of our time together 
just like <laughs> lamenting and sharing stories around all the things that are happening. And so one of our exercises was let us dig, let us document all of the things under love, sex and relationships mm. <laughs> that we feel like is being impacted right now. Like what is mm-hmm. happening? And so for love, I think one of the things that, that we started to talk through was that self love right now feels really mm. hard to come by. Like not even, let's not even start. We're going to get there talking about loving other people, <laughs> but loving yourself right now, despite all the memes that are reminding us to like take naps and drink tea we Mm. are being very hard on ourselves i am being very hard on Mm. myself and we're tired but the expectations around us have not lifted Mm -hmm. so the expectations of partnering and parenting and working and adulting and like Mm -hmm. all of those things are exactly the same except Mm -hmm. we have half of the energy half of the capacity half of the emotional intelligence and so when we Mm -hmm. can't meet what felt like used to be normal we become really hard on ourselves and so I think self-love has been feeling really hard yeah I think so and I think when people struggle with self-love they look outside to to make up that Mm-hmm. that gap that yes. deficit and they reach out to loved ones and lovers and partners and it can feel like that they you know we talk about the crack in the swimming pool you know that it just mm-hmm. feels like there's a big crack in the swimming pool and and it doesn't matter how many people you reach out to and and what you hear from them it just feels like we can't we can't get enough love right now you're absolutely right. Yeah. And and I think the impact of that, you know, before the summer, there was a lot of conversation around shot girl summer and hot mm-hmm. vac summer and like mm-hmm. everyone was going to like the doors were going to be released and everyone was going to run out and just like have orgies on the street. <laughs> and actually <laughs> what's been happening is like it's people are, are getting home with each other on a, you know, to hook up and then they realize they just want to like cry and hug each other. Cuddle, like people yeah. just want, right. They just are like, can you hold my hand? Can I tell mm. you about what's been going on with me can we just like hug each other and that Mm -hmm. I think is part of that is there's just longing for emotional connection Mm -hmm. for like Mm -hmm. a feeling of love and and some Mm -hmm. of that to your point is to make up for some of the love that we're not giving ourselves right now for sure yeah Yeah. and I think um sometimes love is about safety and because we've not been feeling safe Mm -hmm. I think we're also Mm -hmm. kind of swimming in that middle ground of I think I want love actually what I'm trying to do is is feel safe through kind of that attachment Mm -hmm. love that 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 parental love almost and it gets kind of confusing in our heads and and I think that part of our brains are foggy for everyone right now because there's you know the global pandemic meant that we most of us globally unified in being afraid you know, we're, we're, we're unified mm. with by fear. And what that does to our nervous system is it makes us foggy. It makes us foggy around our emotions, our, our intellectual approach to things. And I think some of us are looking for love for intimacy and closeness. And some of us kind of looking at love uh, in an effort to feel safe and grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's completely true. And, and, you know, I think that leads us to like our long list of sexual impact that this mm-hmm. has had. And, you know, you go back home, you think you're going to hook up and actually you just want to cuddle. And, and I remember, and as we were talking about it, one of the things that you said is like, we're in survival mode and in a survival mm-hmm. state, 
it is hard to be turned on, right? That evolution <laughs> does not want us to have babies in crisis. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> our, our smart evolution, our, our instincts is like, no babies, there is a crisis. <laughs> no babies in the midst of an apocalypse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shut exactly. it down. Shut, Shut it all it down. down. Yeah, it's hard to feel sexy <laughs> and afraid at the same time. I mean... I think, you know, there is definitely, there's definitely, you can, you can wander around in the, the kink realm and play with, mm-hmm. um, you know, being afraid and, and sexy. And there's all these fantasies that you can enact that really mix this idea of like fear and, and, and tension and, and sexuality. But I think when it's real, real and, in, and you're really fearing for your life, I think it, it's not it's not sexy for most people. It's not where the erotic lives, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I recently read Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski and mm-hmm. she introduces this idea of accelerators and brakes. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of there are things that will turn you on, that will accelerate arousal, mm-hmm. arousal and then there are things that are brakes that are like, no, 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 <laughs> we're not doing mm-hmm. this right now. And she often, mm-hmm. she gives us this quiz that can help you see like generally in your general state, where do you fall on that? Are you, so for example, I have high accelerators and low brakes, <laughs> which mm-hmm. means that I can get turned on often and not much will, will, will impact that, right? Like I can mm-hmm. stay in that state. And so I did the quiz and then I had my partner do the quiz and we realized that she has a lot of breaks. Mm. So if there are distractions, if there are worries, if there are frustrations, that will limit her ability to be aroused. And I do think that that is what is happening for many folks is that Mm -hmm. you may have the same level of accelerators. You may look at your partner and be like, my God, they're so sexy and I want, you know, or you may feel physical arousal, but then it's like, like, (laughs) wait, there's a pandemic and like, ah. I'm like, wait, like homeschooling and like, wait, and it's just too much. And then all these breaks happen and everything stops. Exactly. And I think um, also to have sex, you need space, privacy. It's hard to have, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard for people to have sex if they've got kids running around. Um, It's been hard to see multiple partners. It's been hard to see, hard to travel in between homes. You know, people are are limiting themselves to, you know, quarantines, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a minute. And I think it's also just practicalities, you know, just pandemic has made things Mm -hmm. hard, which I think is also becomes a break, meaning it's just like practically difficult to have sex. So it's just like, okay, well, I just won't bother. You know, it's just like, it's easier not to now, you know? Yes, the erotic does not live in in frustration or in comfort Mm. or in the known. And Mm. actually, what's too bad is this is a time when we all need to be having lots of orgasms. Like we Mm -hmm. need the release of energy in some positive (laughs) ways. But it is also the time when there is just right, like like just a constant of low sex drives everywhere Mm -hmm. um i think that's true if you're in a relationship and if you are single if you are dating if you're dating multiple people if you're solo poly there's like a sex drought in that way and it's it Mm -hmm. first of all it's hard to meet people and then when you do it is now hard to kind of stay in the sustained sexy place for a long time Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know the non-monogamous communities around the world and um i'm i'm i've had the the opportunity to go on a, a podcast in Australia called The Relationship Show um, by a couple who do conscious couples coaching and they are practicing non-monogamy. They're actually listeners of the show. Um, so hello to them. Hello, guys. 
<laughs> and and many many communities around the world that are inherently social, right? Mostly non-monogamous communities, poly communities tend to be, um, you know, social by design. That's one of the reasons why people chose those lifestyle, those um, relationship styles, those relationship designs, because they want to connect with a lot of people. They want to explore relationship with a lot of people, and that has been so difficult. It's been really hard to connect with mm-hmm. people. It's been really hard to be in community. It's been really hard to date and explore different relationships. Yeah, I think that was on our relationship list. That fact that right now, so we've moved away from tribal communities and we've moved away in many societies from from religion and religious institutions. And those were places where we found community and connection and meaning. And now Mm -hmm. instead, we're looking for an entire community to of of needs to be met by one person right or by mm-hmm. however many people we're we have, we're dating in relationship with we want them to inspire us to make us turned on to make us thoughtful to make us feel alive to and then we are looking to our jobs for mm-hmm. community and for meaning for impact for purpose except everyone's been quitting their jobs or yeah. hates their job and so that's even now more pressure on the relationship because now i need you to be mm-hmm. my church i need you to be my tribe i need you to be my partner yeah. i need you to be my co-parents i need you to be my like co-ceo like mm-hmm. that's a lot to put that's on a, a relationship lot. particularly mm-hmm. in the midst of the apocalypse like that's a lot and i think that you know as a result of that a lot of us are handling like day-to-day conflicts and arguments from that triggered state that that state of wanting and needing mm-hmm. and not getting and fear and mm-hmm. so something about the dishes blows up into something mm-hmm. that it bigger than it needs to be because of all of this pressure and i think the what makes all of this insidious is that and the reason why we wanted to do this podcast is not all of us are aware how this mm-hmm. macro state is impacting us in micro ways and we kind of mm-hmm. want to talk through that now but i think it's that's the thing like we know all this stuff is happening in the world um it's very hard not right. to know because right. like you said it is all over everything it's all over our social media it's all yeah. over the news it's all over the radio it's all over the internet it's very hard to get away from you know, it's not used to be where you like turned on the TV and you you know there's going to be news, so you were kind of like oh you're you're prepared for the content. Now it's just like anytime, anywhere, um, it comes and hits you. So mm-hmm. we are we are aware of all the things, but we're not entirely aware of how that stuff is impacting our relationships and our, the way that the way that we connect and the way that we perceive the world. And I think that mm-hmm. that piece when not everyone's aware and we are looking for the issues within the relationship and it's not always the relationship. Right. We talked a little bit about that in the episode Roots and Wings where we were talking about that that internal feeling of feeling antsy mm. and like wanting more and trying to break free in something and you you project that onto your relationship and I think that's part mm. of what we're talking about that happens here. It's just like there's this feeling inside that just feels frustrating and and Mm. sad and all of it and then it just pours out of us also powerlessness yes yes you know like knowing all this stuff is happening and feeling incredibly powerless and then that that can manifest itself as controlling behavior in the things Mm. that you think you can control and that Mm -hmm. is yourself and your immediate environment and we also (laughs) are often under the impression that we can control our relationships our people around us (laughs) and it can easily escalate into unconsensual dominance and controlling behavior and and all that kind of stuff Mm. and we don't even realize where it's coming from yeah 
I, you know, I was, I was just saying, I don't know what it is that we can do about it. Well, we're going to talk about some things to do, but my vote initially was like, let's just sleep until it's over. But that's if people can actually sleep. Those of us who are struggling with sleep, exactly. that, that doesn't even feel like an option. Yes. And so there are some things. I mean, there's, you know, certainly there are all the self-care advice, right? There's mm-hmm. the basics. We do need sleep and water and food and meditation and movement. You can, you know, have as many manicures as you want or light as many candles as you would like. But you, I think the, the the analogy that you use, it's like trying to fill a strainer with water mm-hmm. instead of using a pot. That if you're mm-hmm. not rested, if you haven't eaten, if you haven't mm-hmm. drank water, that manicure is really not going to help. Exactly. And so I do think that, that that's a big piece of it is, is we got we have to do that. And even fitting in and feeling out where we can do meditation and, you know, make good choices where we can. I have been doing makeup meditation. I think I've talked about that on the show before where it is hard for me just to sit still and in the morning and to carve out time. And so the Mm -hmm. time in the morning when I am quiet and alone is when I'm putting on my makeup. And so I put on like meditation, either guided meditation or kind of music that inspires that. And that is my quiet time. Like that is Mm -hmm. almost like movement meditation. Mm -hmm. And so trying to do something like, like that, I think is, is important. You talked about this in terms of limiting our exposure to the news, like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out the balance between being informed, but not saturated. Saturated. Like finding phone-free moments. Yeah. I mean, our phones are lifelines. Sure. Uh, We love our phones. The thing that I tell my clients is really uh, no no phones in the bedroom. I maintain Mm -hmm. that suggestion, that invitation, no phones in the bedroom. Just... That's Just radical. I don't know it, if I can. I know, no, it's so everyone people are just like, whoa, what? Like you're trying to open up your relationship oh, no, and man. you think new phones in the bedroom is radical. <laughs> so um try it, try it. So uh yeah, I mean honestly, no phones in the bedroom and no phones first thing in the morning. Honestly, don't do it. People. Yeah, I don't know, man. That is literally the first thing as I check oh, all this. No. And I know, I know that is the vice of every I know, I know it. I I've heard it, I've read it, I've seen it, but there is something for me personally that is just calming about knowing, okay, these are the things I have to do. These are the emails that are there. I don't know. It like, it checks off some list in my mind. And I think the, some of what has been the antidote of that for me is changing the noise. So mm-hmm. being mindful of what it is that I am listening to. Mm-hmm. And so inserting some things that I'm reading or listening to that is positive, that is restful and peaceful, that is sexy, that mm-hmm. is what it is that I am trying to feel, being mindful to curate those types of spaces mm-hmm. and those opportunities to hear and digest those things, I think so- has been really important. No, I agree with you. I've been lucky. I've been able, like my, because it's just a lifestyle that I'm trying out right now. My prior, my first priority in the morning is the plants. So I have to go out and like water Mm. a bunch of, bunch of plants in the ground. So that's been nice. Like there's no point in looking at my phone because I know at least for the first hour, I'm going to be like watering things and looking at the crops and taking care of the chickens and all that kind of stuff. So being a game changer, I'm Mm. not going to lie. Well, that to me, I think that's the last kind of self-care personal tip that I would give Mm. that has been helpful. And it sounds like finding like those little moments of delight, Mm. those little moments of being fully present. So that could be long shower or that could be your morning run or for me, makeup meditation or even Mm. just the little delights of like the food that you prepare or the, the presentation of your food. I've been trying to, particularly for dinners, like make it look 
good and nice because mm-hmm. and that like feels better and a comfortable bed and your feet in the soil and nature and sunlight and and naps and being surrounded by animals you know mm-hmm. for us maybe it's cats and dogs for you it sounds like goats and chickens <laughs> and so you know do, doing a little bit of that carving out intentional time for curiosity and whimsy and play and adventure mm-hmm. it just it does take some intentionality, even though everything feels exhausting now. I think the default mm. setting can be fatigue or fear mm. or frustration. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. trying to intentionally create some magic, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot that we cannot control out there. And so figuring out what is it that we can mm-hmm. control? What can we let go of? And what in our world can we control? Not people. <laughs> we can't control other people, yeah. but we mm-hmm. can control, you know, the presentation of our food. We can't control what we do for the first 10 minutes that we're awake. We can't control, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, look for those kinds of things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And good relationships start with the self. So all that stuff is such good investment for your relationships definitely for yourself goes without saying but also for your relationships so it starts with the self for sure interestingly i'm finding there are a bunch of learnings from polyamory that helps us with relationships of any design during these hard times actually that even with my clients who are monogamous Mm -hmm. or people who are designing their relationships and they may have set off to be in an open relationship But having started the relationship by design process, I've decided, oh, they don't need to be open. They just need to design their relationships differently. There are still a bunch of learnings from polyamory that that is working for them. And I think in general, uh, some of these sort of poly way of being um, in relationships can really help during these times when we're all feeling a little overwhelmed. We've already seen an evolution of the polycule, um, which is essentially a micro-community that we call the quarantine. During the quarantine, we've mm-hmm. set up these like quarantines, so a, a close group of people who are aligned in values and lifestyle choices in collaboration with each other, in meeting each other's mm-hmm. social needs and communal needs and, and all that kind of stuff. Which inevitably leads to intimacy, you know, not necessarily sexual intimacy, but Mm -hmm. social intimacy and emotional intimacy and for some spiritual intimacy. And I think that is probably helpful now, creating a close group of friends that you really expand your your need for intimacy to them. I think that's I think that's really helpful right now, because like you said, one person, one relationship cannot be all the things, especially when right now, when our needs are just much bigger, you know? Yeah. Like our, our need for safety and security. I think you're right. I think that, and even if it isn't, if I mean, I think that for some folks that can happen within friendship. I think that can happen between queer platonic relationships mm-hmm. where it's QPRs. like that hybrid between friendship and relationships. I think mm-hmm. it can happen in relationship. I think it's just about naming it. Even if you're out there in the world and you're dating, naming, like I am looking for someone to just d- delight with to mm-hmm. go roller skating and to have a picnic and to do like lovely thing. I'm looking for that. Or I'm looking for someone to have serious conversations with and to mm-hmm. just be heard and to hear. And I'm looking for like, I think that if we can do a self-assessment around what it is that we are, is being filled right now. We've talked mm-hmm. about that before with the fuel gauge activity that mm-hmm. if you think about the different areas of in your life, like a fuel gauge and you say, well, what is full right now? And where mm-hmm. are the spaces that are empty? What I hear you saying is, 
okay, now intentionally seek that out and from other people, not just your partners. Yes, yes. Invest in, I mean, definitely find new people. It's a little hard right now. It's getting much easier, actually. But invest in existing relationships, too. Like, let them escalate. Let them mm-hmm. get closer. Mm-hmm. Let them develop and evolve into these, like, meaningful, authentic, close, intimate relationships. And in this virtual environment, people have been creating really robust virtual relationships. And so there are many mm-hmm. colleagues who I've never met before <laughs> because they, my relationship with them mm-hmm. just is on Zoom as is you know, with my clients and you know, folks who are meeting online mm-hmm. in different spaces. So we actually, it is challenging because we're not meeting people in person, but there's actually something that's really interesting about being able mm-hmm. to meet anyone from anywhere in the entire world now and start Mm -hmm. to build and form some relationships that way. I've been talking to some folks who have been doing like pen palling and like writing actual letters to people because Mm -hmm. there is something about expressing yourself with paper and pen that allows you to be more vulnerable. And so they've been Mm -hmm. sharing out more intimate stories with a pen pal back and forth. And so I, you know, I've been thinking about that for myself, like what are ways in which I can create again whimsy magic connection delight peacefulness both for my with myself and for myself but with some other by building some other relationships some other friendships cute i'm gonna start sending you letters now jacqueline i might start with postcards though (laughs) (laughs) yes we have to use quill pens though or feathered but we need to we need to go have some ink dip it in let's do it right yes (laughs) but even let me say you know i think what we're talking about is changing your mindset and your energy so that you can be open to connection i think for me what that's looked like within my relationships is I can feel when I am frustrated and I can feel when I'm short tempered and I can feel and I have to like, I could respond with that energy, even though that has nothing necessarily to do with the other person, but taking the deep breath and saying, okay, how, how do I want to communicate? How do I want to be seen? And then just carving out little moments. I keep talking about delight, but that's been something that's been on my mind for a while. And so for me, for example, with my wife, we take walks with my partner we have we made brunch we made like fancy brunch together and we every once in a while just spontaneously we'll just start slow dancing in the kitchen or the living room or at night we'll read together you know I I have a discipline of reading with my daughter every night like there are just these moments that are both spontaneous but also on purpose that remind me to like be grounded and see the joy amongst the 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 chaos and and the and the fire that's happening around me i love that and the intention that goes behind that is is important because you're choosing right you're making choices to to do things that feel good for you that that nourish you and and people around you so that's that's amazing the other piece that i think that polyamorous folk really you know internalize and know and practice is this idea of, of healthy, intentional space is a good thing, right? So leaving space for the other person and, and mm-hmm. not that not mm-hmm. being personal, that not being about, oh, this person doesn't want to be with me, but really realizing that space is what you need to grow. Mm-hmm. The space is what you need to really see each other and um, all these wonderful things. And I think a polyfolk practice leaving space because then they, you know, that's how they manage multiple relationships. And I think even though you're in a monogamous relationship, realizing like taking some space, like creating healthy space in your monogamous relationship is a good thing. You know, it, it allows 
for at least some sense of variety, some sense of newness. If Mm -hmm. you don't create that space, if you don't allow for that space, that it just becomes this blurry mushness that um, can be really hard to get out of. Yeah, absolutely true. And, and let me say, I think that's actually very hard right now because if, if, we're, if we're feeling needy or we're feeling afraid, someone saying, I need some space <laughs> can feel really triggering. And I think that that is, if you can do it in a way that is kind. So for example, you know, I'll text my partner or vice versa which she'll, and I'll say, like, I am not in a good energy space right now and I don't want to project that onto you. And so I just, I, I will text you back when I'm in a different space. Like for now, I just need some space. It's not about you. I just don't want to actually make it about you. So like we need some some space from each other. And for me, I mean, naturally, because I go back and forth between two homes, there is that natural missing that happens, which is a nice surprise. I don't think that I thought about that in the construct of my relationship. But each time I come home to somebody, I'm like, oh, I missed you. There was space there. My daughter comes home from her dad's house. I'm like, ah, I miss you. And so missing, even though there's a lot of like negativity around that, missing is a good thing sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good. It, it's anticipation. It's also good, good energy that makes us feel alive, makes us feel alive. The other piece, again, that is prevalent in the poly way of being, if you will, is not, and we talked about this a minute ago, but not to expect your one partner to meet all your needs and vice versa, right? And it's about investing in a broad set of relationships and have room for intimacy and meaningful connection, even physical ones that aren't necessarily sexual, right? Cuddling mm-hmm. is a thing, allowing for that space, um, allowing for that, that closeness. Again, you, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be um, sexual. You can still be monogamous. But realize that one person is just not going to meet all your needs and you're not going to meet, every, you know, the other person's needs. And really think about just like your finances, diversify, diversify, diversify <laughs> your relationships. <laughs> I think the other piece that, you know, that we need to address is just what we said around low sex drives. People just aren't in the mood to have sex. They have a lot of breaks on mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to create that sexual space because kids are at home or you're tired or you've been in those, you know, four walls for too long. Um, I think it's just important to do that by intention. You know, it's it's kind of saying I'm going to create space um, for sexual energy. I'm not going to expect anything. I'm not going to expect for it to go into a full blown session, but I'm going to create space for sexual energy and just see where it takes you just see where it takes you how it feels and sit in it and i think that's just putting some effort into going to that place right so going to that erotic place that that finding that uh, that that sexual energy and seeing where it goes also think through what sex means to you right too often we think sex is hard penis in a wet vagina um and that's kind of we define it and we talk about how we're not having sex um really think about sexual energy and think about arousal and make it broad and add sensuality into it and and not make it about actions but the place that you go and the energy that you put out and receive so that you don't have to constantly worry about are we having sex are we having sex are we having sex which essentially means are we having penetration so i would say Mm. really think about sexuality in as broad of a sense as as you can and think about it through arousal and the erotic Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it, to me that leans into even just naming that, even naming when you want to engage with someone physically, you want to engage with your partner in a sexual way. And they're like, oh, that feels exhausting. To say like, okay, can we try this? Can we play in this way? You know, Angie Gunn has shared the advice of ask for all that you need all the time and expect nothing, right? So ask, but then have a plan B, <laughs> like plan, have mm-hmm. your, have your like, you know, alone time area set up already. <laughs> have your, have your like, you know, whatever you're going to watch to like ask for the thing that you need in terms of connection, I think is, is important. And I think within that, it's also giving permission to say, it doesn't have to look like this. It doesn't have to look like, mm-hmm. you know, because I do think that people think that, that that sex can be really labor intensive. Like, oh, it's a, it's a lot. We were talking about the other day, right? So you, myself, and, and my partner, Alexis, when we were just like in a planning meeting, we're talking about how sometimes masturbation is just mm-hmm. faster and easier than sex. And she was like, <laughs> she's like this, you know, making the, the hand gesture for herself is a lot less work than like all of this, mm-hmm. making like hand gestures for like oral sex and all that. She's like, <laughs> That's a, that's a lot. Yes. <laughs> and so it was it was funny that's to hear true. from me because I was like, all right, we don't have to make it all that. Like, we don't have to make it that labor intensive if that's what, if that's what you're thinking this mm-hmm. is. But I do think it's about kind of, of, you know, being creative. Like you said, figuring out what else can feel like closeness, what else can feel like intimacy, what else can, you know, turn you on and not having the expectation that then that means a gigantic climax at the end of it that your partner get like, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's all just cut each other some slack in terms of what is Absolutely. possible right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that I think that's a very good point to kind of make like at some point you just need to cut some slack for yourself, mm-hmm. your partners. It, these mm-hmm. are hard times and you can put all the effort in, you can do all the things. And at some point you're going to have to cut some slack and just let things be. Yeah, shit is hard. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> so let's and there are gonna be times when 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 the thing that we want we don't get, right? That's the other piece. Let's acknowledge and sit in discomfort and disappointment, knowing that every situation will not be resolved in some tidy solution. Yes. That I think that we glorify feeling joyful, feeling happy, feeling delighted, feeling comfortable, feeling comforted, feeling all like all of that, which is great. But also human emotions mm. are sadness and fear. And longing and we Mm -hmm. need to give room for those things too. So sometimes we just got to sit in it. And I got to say, not only is that certainly hard for me to do, it's hard for me to watch my partners sit in it, my daughter sit in it. I want to be like, no, no, let's fix it. (laughs) Let's make pancakes. Everything, everything is better with pancakes. Like, come on, let's get out of that funk. And I'm learning now over time, like sometimes you just got to let it be, just sit in the sadness, sit in the disappointment, let it live. Mm -hmm. It needs to exist and breathe. It is another human feeling that we need to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so be mindful of that. I think that's, that's, I'm just naming that out loud and also for myself. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, yes, pancakes aren't going to save the world, but they're fun anyway. Mm -hmm. It's funny. So I think the important takeaway here is As Jessica Fern shared with us when we talked about her book, Polysecure, we can ask ourselves when there's a problem, that is it a me problem or is it a we problem? And I would like to add in there, or is it a world problem? Are we being impacted by our macro experience Mm. in micro ways that is 
directly impacting our relationships. So when you're being frustrated, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling sad about your relationship, about things that aren't working out for you with the people that you're connected to, definitely ask the question, is it a me problem? Is it a we problem? And add in there, or is it a world problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while we were on hiatus, we were busy inviting amazing guests for the rest of the year. And we're going to be talking about things like relationship agreements and cultural identity in polyamory and how to find a sex worker and daddy in kink and graphic sex project and sense of safety <laughs> and the nervous system and attachment and the history of hair removal and holiday specials and Halloween specials and year end specials. And there's just a lot that's going on that I'm very excited about. And so if you want to hear more of this, right, like and follow the podcast so that you can get these upcoming episodes delivered straight to your phone for free. And if you share this podcast with a friend or a partner, then you can both listen to it and talk about them afterwards. And a friendly word of advice, it is a very good strategy to introduce a new idea like non-monogamy or a kink or play parties or even going to couples therapy to someone else by saying, hey, did you listen to that episode? What did you think about that? I'm just saying it is a nice way to, for saying. you to have to introduce something without you saying it yourself. So like it, follow it, share it. If you want to get some previews of what is to come, if you want some behind the scenes, if you want access to all of our video recorded workshops, then go to our Patreon page. We are Curious Foxes. Our past events, our workshops, all of that stuff is there. If you want to learn more about our guests that are coming on, if you want to read some blogs and articles, which are going to provide deeper dives into our podcast topics, if you want to connect with other foxes and for fun photos of Effie and I then you got to go to Instagram. Mm -hmm. You got to go to Facebook. We are Curious Foxes. That's where you're going to find all of those things. And if you have a suggestion for a topic that you want us to explore in the new year, or if you have a question or a story that you want to share, then send us an email or a voice memo at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. Or you can record a question for the show by calling us at 201-870-0063. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock who is our constant in the midst of chaos. Our intro music is composed by Dave Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind. And we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.